Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about a new project I've been working on for quite some time that I am so excited about. It is a fresh book just for all you mamas called Doing It All. Stop over-functioning and become the mom and person you're meant to be. Doing It All is a simple framework designed to help you organize your stress, clear your mental clutter, and make more space for what really matters in your life. This book is about sharing my blueprint for achieving a centered life as a real working mom with real working mom problems. It's not about achieving a dazzling fantasy life of ease, wealth, and perfection, but a realistic life that's purposeful, organized, and aligned with your personal values. A life where you're able to prioritize what really matters and where everything, even laundry, has its place. Work calls? Yep. Time with your kids? Absolutely. Time for yourself? A top priority. Yes, you heard that right. This has nothing to do with manifesting positive vibes. You won't find a single affirmation here. Instead, you'll discover a practical framework, step-by-step plan, and over 40 targeted exercises, prompts, and activities. You can pre-order right now at amazon.com. Look for Doing It All by Dr. Whitney. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here listening with us today. Today, I have Kelly Hubble with me as my guest. She is the founder and CEO of Sage House. And today, we're going to talk about really strategic ways to take more of your mental load off of yourself and to give it away to others so you can do more of what brings you so much joy and fulfillment in your life. So welcome, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here. Amazing. Okay, so as I normally do with all my guests, I walk. I want to walk through for you, what was the inspiration behind your business? What made you really excited about kind of going down this road for moms? Totally. Yeah. So. I'm going to take you through it from the very beginning. So, you know, really, the short answer is that Sage House was born out of my experience and desire to help other mamas. I'll take you back to, you know, four and a half, five years ago, I entered into parenthood, I think like a lot of us do with a lot of gusto, with a lot of, I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a working mom. And I'm going to be a volunteering mom. And I mean, you know, I'm going to do all these things. And I think partially, you know, we want, you know, we want to be all those things for our kids. We want to be all of those things in our marriage. We see our parents doing that. And so I think, you know, we go into it with all of the best intentions. 
And I was able to hold on to that actually for longer than was healthy. I think, you know, after my first kid, it was like, okay, well, this is really hard, but like, I'm doing this, you know, things are hard. So it's okay. It's okay. And then we had our second, my daughter's TV a couple years later, and, you know, the wheels started to fall off the bus. And what I mean by that is I was feeling really stretched thin. Like I was, you know, still working full time, but I was managing, like you said, the mental load, the invisible labor, as in like the unpaid labor that takes place outside of working hours to keep the household functioning. And not just that, but making sure that everyone in my home was thriving. And essentially, I like got to a point where I was at like on the verge of a mental breakdown because I wasn't asking for help. I didn't know how to manage, you know, my life, my work, the kids and all of the, you know, mental load that went into that, all of the activities, all of the laundry, all of the, you know, appointments and errands. And anyway, you know, I don't have to tell you the list of things that we do. But really what I learned was after making a list of all of those things is that a lot of these things I could actually offload. And like, it didn't have to be me who was doing all of those things. And so that's exactly what I did. I made a list of all the things I was doing to run the house. I showed it to my husband. He was like, oh my gosh, this is a job. This is actually a part-time job. And so what we did was we used that, we created a job description, we posted it in a bunch of places, and we ended up hiring this incredible person. We call her our household manager, who basically helps us run our day-to-day in our home. And that was a little over two and a half years ago. And now I'm trying to help other moms who are in my same situation to do the same, to know that like they don't have to do it all. Let's you know, let's cease this whole like super mom thing and let's try to build our village, hire our village and get more support where we need it. So that's sort of like the beginning of Sage House. Yeah. Okay. So, so many things came up for me as you were talking. Number one, where do you feel like the pressure came from when it came to being a super mom? Do you feel like it came from within yourself? Do you feel like it came from how you were raised? Do you feel like it came from just society at large? Like, What made you feel like you had to be all that in the first place? Yeah. You know, I think those pressures come from all over. I definitely think it's societal. I think that we are being told that we can have it all. We're being told that we can have a career and we can have a family and we can be an endurance athlete, you know, and we can do all these things. And so I think it's partly our culture. I And then I also think, yeah, I think it's just the age old, like generational, you know, view. Like I saw my mom doing it all. And part of that is, you know, my mom was a single mom of four kids and mm-hmm. she was working. She was trying to raise us and she was incredible. And like, I think that, you know, I saw her doing that. And so I just thought that's what moms do. That's like, just, that's just what moms are. That's what they, that's what they do. So I think it's a lot of things. I also think that, you know, we all struggle from that, like comparisonitis around us of what we see other moms doing and like, you know, what it like Instagram versus reality, right? Like, you know, the, oh yeah, that mom like took her kids to the pumpkin patch and they were all in matching outfits. And like, I have, that's what I'm supposed to do as a mom. And also like, isn't that lovely and fun? And like, 
So I think all of those reasons combined. Totally. This idealized picture of what it means to have a good life or to be a good mom. I think too, you know, I had lunch with my mom yesterday for my birthday and she had sent me an article a couple of days ago that was like, you know, my mom taught me what it meant to be successful, but she didn't teach me not to be a good self-critic. And it was this whole thing about how moms of this person who wrote the article have been really focused on success for their kids and for their daughters in particular, and not necessarily on like self-love or them having like a happy, good life more than more about the success. So I was talking to my mom and I said, you know, she goes, she sent me a text. It goes, do you think I raised you like this? If so, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And when I alleged, I go, no, it wasn't just you. Everybody, I go, yes, you did. But I truly believe that you thought that I could be really successful professionally and that I should be successful financially and I could do anything I wanted. But then you also thought it was still equally important for me to be there for my man, to have an amazing looking house, to be super thin, to like have all the other pieces of a 1950s housewife, but then also just like layer on the career stuff. Yep. And she goes, oh, yeah, obviously. And I go, well, is that what you did? And she goes, yeah. And I go, and did it make you happy? And she goes, no, but that wasn't the yeah. point. The point wasn't to be happy. The point was like to stand with all the other moms who were doing the same thing, to move everything forward. And I was like, gosh, that's so sad. Like, yeah. yes, we, you know, it's good to like do hard things and it's good for us to fight for equity and whatever. But I'm like, oh. I'm not going to spend my entire life hating it. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that there's this, you know, fence that we're riding. I think that we're, you know, I think that we're building momentum here. Like, I think that we're now at this point where we are having these reflections. We're having these really real conversations with our moms and our grandmothers and our daughters. And we're saying to them, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you... And I don't just want to tell you, I want to show you, right? Like, I want to show you that you don't have to be this, like, you don't have to be this unrealistic version of, you know, a powerful woman or an empowered or or a feminist or whatever it is. It's like, stop putting me in a box and instead help me to, like, live out my life authentically to myself. And, you know, I'll like, I'll give you an example. Like, I think, you know, for a lot of women, like the age old of working moms versus stay at home moms, right? It's like, yeah, can we just be supportive either way? Like, you know, some yeah, women, why, does it matter? And why does it matter? Like, and there's n- no lesser job, and they're both jobs, they're both careers. And I think that, like, you know, we we need to just be supportive of both and we can and i think that we're like coming we're riding this wave right now where women are like you know i it serves me to be with my children and it ser- or it serves me to have a career and that's what makes me happy mm-hmm. so like how do you how do you make the best decisions for your family based on what works for you in your unique situation yeah 100 i'm like you know what cuz i'm raising my hands up okay the other thing that you said that I think is really interesting and I want to challenge people who are listening on this is you said, maybe what we need to do is hire our village. And I have been thinking a ton about loneliness in motherhood 
how lonely we all are. I think we all used to have moms who were in the neighborhood with us. We would do things at home with them. We would all go pick up our children every single day from school together. You know, like you would maybe see people more at church or in a religious setting. We don't have that anymore. We're all so isolated. And I hear people talk all the time about this feeling of being very alone and feeling lonely. And I am betting that when you said hire your village, that some people were like, ew, ick. I have yeah. to hire my village. I have to hire friends. I have to hire, you know, but think about that for a second, how valuable that is. You know, some of my best friends have been people that I have employed. <laughs> they have been people that I have shared the load with, like swapped yeah. tasks with because it made us a team. Yeah. Have you found out that the people that you're working with, that you're hiring, it's like you guys are on a team together. Totally. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think, first of all, the reason that we're in this situation is because a lot of us live away from like our support system and our families. Like I know we do, you know, we don't have any family within multiple hundred mile radius of us. And that contributes to it. Like, we're, yeah, we're living in a different time. Like, we don't live as close as we would to these support systems. And as a result, but like, we still have those same needs, right? Like, we need help. Like, we need someone to watch the kids so we can go to a gynecologist appointment. Or like, you know, right. we need someone to keep the dog overnight because we, you know, we have, I don't know, we're with the kids at the emergency room overnight, whatever it is. And I think like, you can still find that even if it's not someone who is like a family member. And that's what we have done. Like, sure, it's hard. It takes effort. I'm not going to say it's hard. I'm going to say it takes effort to find those people, to find really quality, amazing humans that like basically become your family. And mm-hmm. I'll like, I'll kind of throw in an anecdote here. Like, you know how people always say like, you get what you pay for. And, you know, I joke with my friends often like, yeah, you know, the grandparents are babysitting and you always get what you pay for because like, yeah, you get home at 10 p.m. and your kids are like on an ice cream sugar rush and you're like, wait, what happened to 7.30 p.m. bedtime, right? But like, if I had a babysitter that I was paying, like the kids are in their pajamas at 7, they're reading books at 7.30, their lights at 7.45, like you get what you pay for kind of thing. Which I kind of think is the same thing, like, especially for moms, those of us who are kind of control freaks and like want things mm-hmm. done a certain way, especially as it relates to our household or taking care of our kids or, you know, we want people who like can do it the way that we want to do it. And so you have this like really amazing opportunity in building your own village to like go and find those people who care about you, care about their family, earn a living wage to do it. And mm-hmm. It really does create that community. And like, to your point, yes, I feel super bonded with my household manager. I feel super bonded with the woman who preps our meals every week. Like we hug, we, she's like, they're just incredible people. Like I consider a part of my village and the foundation of like our family and our home. And I'm so grateful to have them. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about this you because you said you created a list. You said you showed it to your husband, to your partner, and that you and your partner were like, oh, this is a halftime job. This is a part-time job. We should give this to somebody else. You didn't necessarily divide it all between you. Why not? Why did you immediately say, I think we need somebody else for this? Yeah. Well, 
Well, okay, let me back up because prior to me making this list, I think that I actually had several attempts at trying to divide the chores, like divide the household work, divide the mental load. And if I'm being really honest, like it was unsuccessful for us, for me. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there's a lot of reasons we could go into like, why was that unsuccessful? I think that like, you know, a a couple, like, you know, in my specific situation, which I actually don't think is that unique, my husband also worked full time. He manages a company. He has his own business. He like has all of these. He has, he's being pulled in a million different directions. Not that I'm not being pulled in a million different directions, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of that, gosh, I was just looking at that cartoon the other day where a woman is like doing all of these things. She's like cleaning the kitchen, cooking or cooking dinner. She's like managing the kids. And, you know, her husband is like drinking a beer on the patio. And then everything starts to like overflow and the kids are tantruming and he comes in and he's like, well, why didn't you ask for my help? And it's like, well, that in there lies the problem. Like, I don't want to ask for your help. I want you to just know that I need help. And so right. anyway, I think that was like a cycle that I was in with my spouse for so long and so long and so long until I hit that breaking point where I was like, okay, I just need to write all this down. And I think once I could visualize it and see it and he could see it, then it kind of flipped the script. And to to your question, I think we both just realized that, you know, what if we, like, instead of pushing things onto his plate, instead of taking things onto my plate, instead of like trying to like every week sit down and like divide things up, what if we just put it on a new plate? And what if we just, what if there was someone else who could do things like the grocery shopping to make sure we had staple gro- groceries and, the, and like the pantry stocking and the laundry and, you know, picking up the playroom before the cleaners arrive. Like, what if we just do all those things and like, then we're not keeping score anymore. We're not like, well, I did it this week. Yeah. Can you do it next week? Or like, it's, or it's like, if the dishwasher didn't get unloaded and it wasn't my week, I'm not like super pissed. Right. I'm not like angry and resentful that I was, you know, that I had to ask to get the dishwasher unloaded. So I think it was just like really being real realistic about, yeah, about it. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the app store. Well, and I think that also comes from the conditioning that we had. I know, you know, I came from a very like blue collar family and there's some level of pride in, I could just do it myself. And in fact, if I just do it myself and work a little harder, then that's even more valuable that I just killed myself to do it. That makes me a better person. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I think really it came clear for me when I started Modern Mommy Dog and I was like, 
oh, I see. There are certain things that if I outsource them, they get done faster, more efficiently, better. They're done better than if I messed around, screwed around for hours and hours. So that's something I should outsource. Now, as I got better at it, there are things I took back on and other things I outsourced, right? So I don't think it has to be this static thing where even in what we're talking about now, like where it has to be you outsource every single thing. There's different stages of your kids' lives. There's different Mm -hmm. stages of your partnership. If you're in a partnership with a spouse or with somebody else, right? Like there's different times at work where you're really stressed and you need more help or other times when you don't need a lot of help and you enjoy cooking banana bread. Like that's never me, but for some of you, you're like, it's banana bread time, but whatever, you know? But I do think part of it is realizing especially if you work outside of your home for pay, that your time is valuable. So when you spend your time doing things in your home or for your family, that always comes at a cost. It comes at a cost to your energy or to your sanity or to your physical wellness. And so it's just about computing, like how much is it worth to you depending on the different tasks that you might consider giving away. And I know that's part of what you do specifically at Sage House. So I want to talk about that. But before yeah. we do, I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the fact that some people are listening to this, I know, and going, well, good for you, rich white people. <laughs> you know, like, some of us can't do that. Like, some of us. I, I had someone that put out an Instagram thing. I put an ad for my new book that's coming out. And I had my hair curled and a little bit of makeup on, like about as much as I have on now. Kelly can see me. And the girl goes, some of us can't even get their hair and makeup perfect like you can in a day. <laughs> What's the truth at all? Like, okay, well, you know, like if this is your standard, I'm sorry, but like it's too low. <laughs> anyway, point is, there are some people who are going to be thinking this is only for people who have a ton of money, this type of mindset. So what can we say to those people? Because obviously, if you are a Kardashian, you can outsource every single thing. So sure. there's the people. But what about like for the rest of us who maybe are in like middle class, who do work, who have a little bit of flexible income? What, how should they think about this? This yeah. piece? Yeah, totally. Well, one really quick comment on the Kardashian piece. I, I remember seeing something that a Kardashian posted, like, no matter how much I outsource things in my life, my kids still want me. And like, mm-hmm. that hit me so hard because it's so true. It's like, you know, yeah, you can outsource your whole life, but like your kids still want you. And I think that is like what is really to me like the core. You, I mean, you talked a little bit about like the value of your time and like what's important to me when I'm with my kids is that I'm present with them. And like, mm-hmm. I realized that like that is the most valuable thing to me. Like I, instead of being with them, but my head being somewhere else, my head being on this like to-do list. I want to actually, and, and that goes for anything in my life. Like I want to be present when I'm with my kid. I want to be present in when I'm working at my job and with my clients. I want to be present like with my partner when we go on a date night instead of just racing through like all of these other things I have to do to keep our household running. So just wanted to say that. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, I think as it relates to like, budgeting and figuring out how to make something like outsourcing work for or hi, you know hiring your village work for you i think first of all 
I think the first step is figuring out what you need help with, how much time you're spending on things, and what are those like low-hanging fruit things that you don't enjoy doing, like making banana bread, Whitney. And so, like, first of all, I have a free quiz. It's eight questions long. And based on the answers to this quiz, you get a free custom checklist based on your home. Like based on the answers, you get a free custom checklist of everything that's happening in your home that you're probably doing today. So step one, figure out what you need help with. Step two, figure out your budget. Like your budget doesn't have to be big. It can be like 50 bucks. Okay. It could be a hundred bucks. It can be, but you know, a hundred bucks can get you like four hours of help per week. I mean, that's like, yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. That's 16 hours a month. Like what if you had 16 to 20 hours extra every month? To Like how would you spend that time? Like would you hustle more on, on, on your own business because you're making money? Would mm-hmm. you like really find the time to like go to that yoga class that you want to go to? You know, like however you want to be spending your time is great. But like, I mean, you can just take Two things off your list. One other thing I'll say in terms of budgeting is like what we've found actually as a huge monetary savings is having a meal prep chef. Because guess what? We don't eat out every night. We don't order in food. We're not spending hundreds of dollars to feed our family of five. Instead, we are paying for someone to sure like cook for us on an hourly basis. And like she buys the groceries, we reimburse her for groceries and pay her for her time cooking. And that we save money and we get home-cooked meals every week that are like nourishing, mm-hmm. my kids enjoy. So like, I mean, there are ways to get creative about this and build your village in a creative way. Like, I'll give you another one. Like, you know, there are kids who are getting out of school at 3 p.m. and they want to walk your dog. There are, you know, high school age mother's helpers who want to come and like fold laundry for an hour. And, you know, you can pay them a minimum wage to do it. And they would be thrilled to do that for you. So I think about like getting creative, working with you in your budget, knowing that it's, this isn't like, you know, you don't need to spend an earth chattering amount to like make it make a difference for you and your sanity and, you know, whatever that means for you. Yeah, totally. Well, one thing I was thinking about too, when I thought about just four extra hours a week, you know, one of the most frustrating moments in my week is usually right before school pickup on days that I am working. Because if I have to pick up my kids at three, then starting at about one, which we're getting up to, I start going like, ooh, it's coming. Okay, I have to hurry up. Okay, I have to get done. Okay, I have to finish up. If I literally had one extra hour or two extra hours on some of those days that I did school pickup, I would be able to work a full day yeah. actually doing my work, right? School pickup and drop off literally leaves you with what, six hours in the middle of the day. It's not that much, especially if you're trying to run your own business or do a side hustle or get things together for your family or even just like clean your house. So That might also be something for people just to think about the moments or those like stress points where if you stacked hours together and it was only literally one day a week that someone came for two hours and they allowed you to do deep work and get into that flow state and actually be creative and not be stressed. I mean, those are the moments when I'm in my flow state that I have totally changed my business, that I've actually gotten deep about what matters the most to me in my life, that I've reconnected with my values. 
And I don't even mean that I'm at some like exercise class listening to existential music. I mean, I'm like at my desk working, but I'm just not stressed to your point about what's coming next because I have the extra wiggle room to be able to actually get stuff done without being worried about whatever's going to come afterward with being present, honestly, I'm able to be present. Yeah, you're able to be more present. Yeah, you're not like fearful of what has to come, like all of the things you need to prepare for. You know, it's funny you say that because for me, that's Tuesday mornings. One morning a week, we have our house manager take our kids to school. And like, it's only, you know, it's a 30 minute round trip job. But like, I've repurposed that 30 minutes because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could just get in a 30 minute of my favorite Peloton instructor class once a week. Yeah. That's the, I'm like, okay, it's the 30 minutes I'm getting back. And I know that I like, I just really want to do that once a week. And that's my time frame to do it. And it, it like, because it's in the morning, that's like my favorite time to work out. Cause then like from eight to eight 30, instead of doing drop off one day a week, I get this like amazing workout in and then it sets me up for success the rest of the day. Right. So it's like, right. It doesn't take a lot to your point, like whatever it is, it just, it doesn't take a lot to, you know, it, like be in your flow state or like take care of yourself or do whatever you need to do. But like you, there's, you know, you can get help. Like it doesn't always have to be you, right? Like, yeah, four, four out of the five days, it's me. And I love it. And it's awesome. But like that one day is like so precious now. Totally. And we're talking about something so small. We're talking about 30 minutes, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's a long time. But what happens is it's the before and after. It's that you had to do the school drop off. So then you had to like get dressed in regular clothes and like put a brush through your hair. So that takes an extra 15 minutes. And you had to like help with getting the kids out the door. And then on the way home, now you have to like, you're going to make yourself coffee once you get home and like get all settled in. It takes you another 15 minutes to get in your state. So really it's an hour that she's giving you. Yes. Those 30 minutes. One other thing I want to say about the whole partner thing, because you guys know, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ratsky and Fair Play and of equity for women in the workplace and at home. And I want the men in our lives, as Eve says, to really step into their power as much as the next feminist advocate. Okay. Like I'm into it. And also, I get a little frustrated with this image that we're being shown or this like standard that we're being shown that now in every single household, if it's not fully equitable, you have done something wrong. You haven't followed the formula right. You haven't gotten it. Your partner must not be like woke enough. You know, you have a chauvinist living in your house, all of this. Okay, the reality is, I really think that it is going to be slow to change for the men in our lives, for those of you who are living with a male partner. And I am not trying to put like a rain cloud over you, but I really think it's not going to be our generation where it fully changes. It's going to be our kids' generations or the generations after that. I love those memes that are like on Instagram. And you'll see it's like, my husband and I both cleaning so that you dusty daughter doesn't have to teach our son that like both people do equal roles when you're older. You know what I mean? Like, and they glare at the camera and it's so cute. But to me, that's a hundred percent spot on. It's like, we want to try to do the work as much as possible. We want to have our partner show up as much as possible. 
But if it's not fully equitable in your house, you might have to find some other solutions in the meantime while you're working on that. And I just want to give you permission. That is okay. In fact, that's good because then you probably won't be so freaking frustrated every single minute at your partner who can't get it together. Like mine can't. No, totally, totally. No, I think that again, like this is like a utopia where in the future, there's a future utopia where women are represented in the workforce as equally as men are represented at home and doing the mental load and the invisible labor. But you're right. Like, we're just not there yet. And it's okay to have solutions. Like, it's okay. I think I think if, if we have this unrealistic view of what it should look like, we're going to just be even more resentful than we already are about it. Yeah. And I, like, I'll say one more thing on that, too. It's like, you know, but my husband and I have been going to like marriage counseling, like there, you know, couples therapy for, you know, several years now. And I feel like the very first couple of years, like when we were, you know, pre, you know, household village, we were stuck on this cycle of like, well, I did this. Well, you did that. Well, here's my mental load. Well, I don't feel appreciated. I'm okay with being the default parent, but I don't feel appreciated for it. And like, I'm telling you, right. it was over in every session. And like now we have other, pro- I mean, we've got other problems to work on, but I'm telling you, like, we're sure. not Michael anymore because we're not keeping score. We're not like, you know, we've out, we've outsourced, we've offloaded like a lot of the things that we used to fight over. So I'm telling you, like, this could save you, Mira, you know, here, that's a ton of money right there. Holy shit. I mean, the amount of money I've spent on marriage counseling. You know, actually, I had a marriage counselor tell us this, say, well, why are both of you guys doing it? Totally. Why don't you hire somebody else? And I remember it was at a time, and if you, in my, both of my books, I talk about like crawling out of debt, where I still had a bunch of medical school debt. I, we were strapped for cash. And I was like, well, we're really working on getting out of debt. So I don't have money to put into this. And she's like, will you come and pay me $180 an hour? Maybe you should, she's like, I'm not trying to like lose money on you. She's like, but maybe instead of coming here every other time, you should just have someone do something for you and stop being mad at each other about who should do what. Totally. Maybe that would help. I'm like, yes, I really think we have to give ourselves permission that we're not in that world yet. I mean, this is honestly like, it's giving me Barbie movie vibes of like, we don't, like, just because we all want it to be that way, just because we've all put out the dolls yeah. that are like, where you're not, Barbie can do anything. Uh, sorry, we're not there yet. You not know, yet. like, men are, it's not that the men aren't good at patriarchy. They're just better at hiding it right now. <laughs> Maybe oh, eventually it won't be that they're as good at patriarchy. So yeah. I just say that because I, and not to discourage people, but just because I want you guys to take heart that if you feel kind of like less than when you look at content that is about like, why doesn't your partner step up or just do X by Z to make your partner step up and then you do it and then it doesn't work. It, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because mm-hmm. we just aren't there quite yet. So, yeah. okay. So Kelly, tell us exactly, you talked about the free checklist, which is amazing. Yeah. But let's get into yeah. Sage House specifically. Like, 
Tell us exactly what it is. If people were to work with you, what does that look like? What problem exactly will it solve? And what are the benefits? Yep. Yep. We'll do. Okay. So Sagehouse is an online platform for busy moms who want to value their time. They want to operationalize their house like we talked about. They want to figure out how much time they're spending on household tasks, what those tasks are, and they want to, you know, save their marriage potentially like we talked about. And they don't necessarily like have to be fully committed to hiring their village yet or outsourcing. But like what basically Sage House, you can go to www.mysagehouse.com. There are a couple of offerings. The first is that free checklist. And then the second is I offer an online workshop. It's it's digital. It's virtual. I have a one-hour workshop that basically takes you all the way from like zero to... I am posting my job description for what I need help with in my home, like zero to basically like hero in 60 minutes. I provide you basically my playbook, but I also provide templated checklists for things like organizing your house, for hiring, for interview questions. There's an attorney drafted employment agreement that you can use once you find someone to hire to help you. Basically, like a whole bunch of downloads, resources. There's an ebook. And that's all on mysagehouse.com. Awesome. I love it. And you get the free checklist. Just go to at mysagehouse, correct? Mm-hmm. On Instagram. Okay. And you can find out all about Kelly. See her super cute kids. She just had one of them like riding in one of those little tiny cars down the street. <laughs> it was so cute. So but yeah, lots of great content there. Inspiration about why you should not be the only one in your house that's carrying the mental load. And thank you so much for being here, Kelly. Yep. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Hey, Mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Dog. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.